Welcome to Data-Based Projections. Data is often the basis for how we see the world and how the world sees us. Understanding these data-based projections is the focus of this podcast, which discusses topics related to data analytics, machine learning, and data science. Produced and hosted by Jim Harris. Data analytics, machine learning, and data science. Those are the three things that this podcast focuses its discussions on. So this episode is going to provide my definitions of those things, since the only thing more surprising than listening to people discuss these things without first defining them is how often people define these things very differently when they do provide a definition. I know some, or many, people will disagree with some, or most, aspects of my definitions. And that's okay. It's important to note that a significant category of disagreement comes from the differences between how things work in academia or research versus how things work in the commercial data industry. My definitions reflect my experience working in the commercial data industry. The extended show notes of this episode will share links to other resources and related discussions for defining these three terms. The extended show notes will be a living document that I will update occasionally over time. So please feel free to recommend additional resources to me, and I will consider adding them to the extended show notes as well. I am going to define these terms in the following order. Data science, machine learning, and data analytics. That's because I am going to define them in descending order of their complexity in terms of the depth of required knowledge, competencies, and practical demonstrable skills related to computer science and programming, mathematics and statistics, critical thinking, and their overall approach to solving problems with data. This also reflects a descending order of analytical advancement. Because I see data science as advanced machine learning and machine learning as advanced data analytics. So, first up, data science. Some people use data science as an umbrella term for everything other than, for a lack of a better phrase, traditional data analytics. I do not find such definitions useful because it makes anything beyond traditional data analytics sound too esoteric, too complex, and too daunting for anyone who, myself included, is not a data scientist. I also do not like definitions at the other end of the spectrum, which define data science as solving problems with data, because, although true, such a definition does nothing to differentiate data science from machine learning and data analytics. However, well-intentioned people sometimes use such a definition in acknowledgement that there's a significant overlap among the three terms, since data scientists also do machine learning and data analysis. I define data science as advanced machine learning, because when I think of data science, I think of artificial intelligence and deep learning models, whereas shallow learning models, 
which I'll discuss when I get to machine learning, produce outcomes directly from inputs, deep learning produces output based on preceding layers in the model, which is the case with neural networks. The deep in deep learning refers to the depth of layers involved in a neural network. I also include reinforcement learning under data science, since it is based on random trial and error, leveraging insights from previous iterations. For example, Q-learning. I also include under data science, artificial intelligence, which is the broad and general term for machines that mimic human intelligence, which are used to predict, automate, and optimize tasks that humans have historically done, such as speech and facial recognition, language translation, the natural language processing that drives virtual assistants like Siri and Alexa, and will one day drive self-driving cars. I place data science at the top level of advanced data analytics because in order to be a quote-unquote data scientist, you need deep knowledge, competencies, and practical, demonstrable skills in computer science and programming, mathematics, and statistics. Doing data science also involves statistical thinking, which means understanding uncertainty and probability and being able to make statistical inferences to validate the results produced by less advanced data analytics. Another differentiator of data science is experimental thinking, iteratively running through experiments to test hypotheses without assuming there is one right answer to the problem you are trying to solve with data. It's not that less advanced data analytics do not solve complex problems, but they solve less complex problems where there often is one right answer, like how much money did we spend and make yesterday, or how many widgets did our factory manufacture yesterday. Another complexity is that true data scientists create advanced data products for others to use. These data products might take the form of a custom algorithm or an automated process that becomes a black box used as an analytical function. A dumb example, you do not need to calculate a standard deviation by hand. You can use a built-in function that is available in whatever tool or programming language you use. It is the data products that are the primary focus of explainability and ethics in data science. This is because if I wanted to do the data analysis and math by hand, I can confirm whether the standard deviation function is giving me the correct number. I cannot do the same thing with a more advanced data product like facial recognition or natural language processing. I can only notice when it does something wrong, but I cannot explain how which is explainability, or why, which is ethics. Another important point is that data science also tends to analyze more complex data that we have not been able to historically analyze any other way, such as images, video, audio, and the text content of books and other documents. So, to reiterate, since data science loves doing that, Data science is at the top level of advanced data analytics because in order to be a quote-unquote data scientist, you need deep knowledge, competencies, and practical, demonstrable skills 
in computer science and programming, mathematics, and statistics. Doing data science also involves statistical thinking, which means understanding uncertainty and probability, and being able to make statistical inferences to validate the results produced by less advanced data analytics. Another differentiator of data science is experimental thinking, iteratively running experiments to test hypotheses without assuming there is one right answer to the problem you are trying to solve with data. My closing thought on data science before I move on to machine learning, the bad news is that most people are not doing data science as I have defined it, no matter what their job title says. But the good news is that most work in the commercial data industry does not need to do data science from scratch in order to do advanced data analytics. What they need is machine learning, which we'll define next. Machine learning, which I am defining as advanced data analytics, is generally the easiest one of these three to define in more detail. Machine learning is a subfield of computer science based on the use of data-driven statistical algorithms. Quote-unquote, data-driven is the big paradigm shift or shift in analytical mindset that takes some getting used to when you first start using machine learning. Although coding is involved, machine learning is driven less by the instructions written by a human programmer and more by the examples provided by properly prepared data, which is split between training data and testing data. Training data is what the machine learning model learns from, and testing data is what is used to evaluate the machine learning model's ability to generalize. In other words, understand what to do with data it hasn't seen before. Although not as demanding as data science, there is still a fair amount of mathematics involved in machine learning, especially statistics, linear algebra, probability, and calculus. This is because machine learning algorithmically builds a statistical model to solve practical problems that cannot be solved or not as easily or as reliably repeatable with, again, for a lack of a better phrase, traditional computer programming and data analysis. However, a lot of the mathematics and statistics involved in machine learning are already codified in algorithms that are actually, in some cases, centuries old. The reason the 21st century has brought these mathematical and statistical techniques to the forefront is because we now have widely available technical resources with the compute and storage capacity to quickly process massive volumes of data. I mentioned earlier that I define data science as advanced machine learning, which is what I consider deep learning models and reinforcement learning models to be. I view machine learning as a use of shallow learning models, those which produce output directly from their data inputs. This covers machine learning models for regression, classification, and clustering. Regression is used to make predictions about a continuous data value, such as sales or stock prices. Classification is used to assign items in a data set to different specifically defined categories called classes. Binary classification is the easiest to think of since it means the outcome 
has only two possible classes. For example, classifying email as spam or not spam, or classifying financial transactions as either fraud or not fraud. Similar to classification, clustering segments the data into categorical groups. However, in clustering, those categorical groups are not specifically defined. Clustering can be used to find anomalies in data or to find related groupings in data. For example, you can use clustering to analyze a geographical region and determine what areas of that region are most likely to be hit by an earthquake. Key takeaway here is that classification is much easier to learn and understand than regression, and one of the most common applications of clustering is geospatial analysis, which is also pretty easy to learn and understand. The two primary categories of machine learning are supervised learning and unsupervised learning. Supervised learning is the process of understanding a known input-output combination, where the input data are the independent variables, also known as predictors, and the output is the dependent variable, also known as the label, target, or response. Supervised learning works backwards from output to inputs to determine the relationship in order to predict output based only on input. Examples of supervised learning include linear regression, logistic regression, decision trees and random forest, k-nearest neighbors, and support vector machines. With unsupervised learning, the output, in other words, dependent variable, is not labeled, which means that the model does not know which input variable is the output variable. Unsupervised learning analyzes input variable relationships to create new labels regarding possible outputs. In other words, what input variables can predict the values of other input variables. The advantage of unsupervised learning is the ability to discover patterns in the data you were unaware of, which usually leads to performing supervised learning on those discovered patterns. For example, following unsupervised fraud detection with supervised fraud prevention. Examples of unsupervised learning include k-means clustering, social network analysis, and descending dimensional analysis. I am sorry if some of this definition of machine learning sounds like word soup. Many future podcast episodes will be dedicated to discussing only one of its approaches or only one of its associated algorithms in a single episode. One key takeaway here is that supervised machine learning is used more often than unsupervised machine learning. Again, although not as demanding as data science, machine learning does require more knowledge, competencies, and practical, demonstrable skills related to computer science and programming, mathematics and statistics, than what is necessary to do, again, for lack of a better phrase, traditional data analytics and even more so if you are going to be responsible for fine-tuning the hyperparameters of machine learning models before those models are ready to graduate from learning to working, meaning actually applying machine learning to solving specific business problems, which often, but not always, means deploying them in production. The key takeaway for now is that machine learning requires a mind shift in how you analyze data and use it to solve problems. 
since it is driven less by the instructions written by a human programmer and more by the examples provided by properly prepared data, a lot of the effort and key to success with machine learning comes from understanding exactly what properly prepared means. And many future podcast episodes will dive deeper into that topic. This is important since data preparation for machine learning is different than the data preparation used in traditional data analytics, such as business intelligence, which is where we are heading next with our third and final definition. And now we've come to data analytics. The reason I left data analytics for last is because the easiest way to define it is whatever data analysis is left over when you have ruled out data science and machine learning. Obviously, that is a vast oversimplification. But even if you only use Microsoft Excel or a comparable spreadsheet program, you occasionally analyze data regardless of what your primary role or official job title is. And most quote-unquote data analysts are simply not working on either artificial intelligence or building machine learning models. I think of data analytics as business intelligence, standard and ad hoc reporting, dashboards, and data visualization. At this level, you only need a basic understanding of mathematics, and your required knowledge of statistics is usually limited to aggregate functions like count, sum, and average. Your required computer programming skills are typically limited to the formulas you would type in the cell of a spreadsheet or the queries you would write in SQL, or through the business intelligence and reporting tools you use. Now, before you start yelling at me, Yes, you can do some complex analysis in business intelligence and reporting tools and in Excel and SQL. There's even a great book I will discuss in a future episode that teaches data science and machine learning using Excel. But obviously, spreadsheet programs cannot scale to big data, even though you can do some amazing things with a spreadsheet. In fact, Many spreadsheet super users have found it quite easy to learn the basics of the R programming language and use it to start doing machine learning. Likewise, SQL can also do some complex data analysis on big data. And some SQL databases, like the one my employer makes, can do data science and machine learning in database using SQL extensions. And of course, some data analysts may do some computer programming as part of their job. For example, I often use Python for some data analytics and data visualizations. An additional complication to this attempt at defining things are the adjectives commonly applied to analytics. Descriptive analytics, which helps you understand what happened and what's happening now. Diagnostic analytics, which helps you understand why did this happen. Predictive analytics, which helps you understand what might happen in the future. And prescriptive analytics, which helps you answer the question, what should we do next? 
How I am defining data analytics is best aligned with descriptive analytics and most of diagnostic analytics. For me, predictive analytics and prescriptive analytics cross over into advanced analytics. And as such, they are both beyond how I am defining data analytics and are best aligned, but not in a one-to-one -one way with how I am defining machine learning and data science. Before I summarize this episode's key points, here's a word from our sponsor. The Vertica Analytics platform was purpose-built from the very first line of code to handle analytical workloads via a distributed compressed columnar architecture, and it provides blazingly fast speed, exabyte scale, openness, and simplicity. You can use BI or ETL tools from leading vendors and open source solutions such as Apache Hadoop, Spark, and Kafka for 30% of the cost of traditional data warehouse solutions. Let your big data grow as big and diverse as necessary and apply in-database analytics like time series, geospatial, machine learning, and many other use cases, such as predictive maintenance for the Internet of Things, risk management in banking, and predictive analytics for customer retention and uplift. And experience the flexibility of moving seamlessly from the cloud to on-premise and back all with the same trusted core Vertica technology. The Vertica Analytics platform is trusted by thousands of organizations to run their most demanding analytics initiatives. Visit Vertica.com. Data analytics, machine learning, and data science. Those are the three things that this podcast focuses its discussions on. Therefore, in this episode, I attempted to define these terms in the following order, data science, machine learning, and data analytics. That is because I define these terms in descending order of their complexity in terms of the depth of required knowledge, competencies, and practical demonstrable skills related to computer science and programming, mathematics and statistics, critical thinking, and their overall approach to solving problems with data. This also reflects a descending order of analytical advancement, because I see data science as advanced machine learning and machine learning as advanced data analytics. Now, obviously, all three of those things require a much deeper dive, and many, many future episodes go deeper into individual aspects of these three interrelated disciplines. But like I said off the top, I have seen too many discussions jump into the deep end without first providing working definitions, especially when, as so often happens, either data analytics or data science is used as an umbrella term for everything. And in closing, the other reason that I like defining these terms in descending order of analytical advancement is to make the point that you can advance, meaning that if you're currently doing data analytics, you can advance to doing machine learning. And if you are so interested in doing so, you can further advance to doing data science. It will obviously take time and a combination of learning and experience but it can be done. And regardless of your interest in doing any aspect of these three terms, 
The other important thing that can and should be done is everyone in the organization should at least develop a strong conceptual understanding of what is involved in data analytics, machine learning, and data science. Hopefully, this podcast can help with that. Thanks for listening to Data-Based Projections. We're available on all podcast platforms. Extended show notes for all episodes, as well as playlists of related episodes, can be found at ocdqblog.com forward slash dbp. Until next time, may the data be with you, always.